Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. This is Paul. We'll be joined by John tonight. You can get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Get me at Paul underscore football and John at Lambic Peach on Twitter. This is the Love Sport Podcast and we are more than 10% weird. Another podcast, another week of sport. So good to have my co-host, John, cyber-connected to me. Hey, g'day, mates. It's great to be back. And hello to all of our uh, listeners out there, whether you go for Scotland or England. Mate, it's, uh, oh, we'll cover the Euros soon. But uh, look, I'm going to kick it off with a, uh, a couple of yes-nos for you, just to get you limbed up. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, good. Both cricket-related, so right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Is Glenn McGrath a better bowler than Jeff Thompson? Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. Love it. Real quick. Is Brian Lara a better batsman than Sachin Tendulkar? Yes, for me. Love it. Love it. Straight to the point. The yes, no's, mate. They are fantastic. Uh, mate, let's get into it. You've got a new section as well, I believe. I think uh, you ready to rock it or do you want to hold off on that one? Well, it's going to take some explaining, so we might want to get into the rhythm of the um of the of the of the show before I bring it in because I I have to work out how to explain it, but we'll do my best. Okay, so we might come into the uh, second half of the show with your new section. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, had a bit of feedback this week, which has been is has been fantastic. So um, we might start with a, a couple bits of feedback, or or not feedback, but some questions posted to us. Uh, first yeah. one's from Matt Chapman. And uh, shout out to Matt. Thanks for uh, posing the question. And his question is very simple. The future of boxing. And you and I have touched on this on numerous shows, mate. What uh, what we see is the future of boxing. It's really interesting. And, uh, and hello to Matt. Uh, pleased to hear that you're listening to us, mate. Um, great guy. Um, awesome coach, all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, like I was really interested to see what happened with the Paul Gallen fight. And he was fighting – the strange thing is that Paul Gallen was fighting a dude who I know is going to the Olympics for Australia. And I should, we should be all over that, but I've seen him in a couple of – actually, ironic on a couple of, like, you know, Channel 7 local news bits. What's his name? Is it UC? I can't remember. I should know because I didn't have time to get all the information out. But it was a pretty decent fight, and um, they went the distance, and the Australian Olympic champ, uh, I believe, broke um, – Gallen's rib pretty early and he fought through it. And he, one thing we know about Paul Gallen, he's a tough form brace. So he wasn't in there to stink it up. He didn't just sit down and say, that's it, I'm out. Uh, he took it way more serious than I even realised. You know, after reading that, he was obviously all about it. And he was saying how, you know, uh, he was concerned about boxing is that so many of the guys just pick and choose easy uh, matches to get to 10, 11, 12 wins and then look for one big payday. And it's been going on for years. Um, as boring as who, I mean, why would you sit down and pay for a, a fight? Like some of the rubbish that was getting dished up in the last couple of years with, you know, we all started off, everyone was high for mundane fights and Danny Green and all that. Those things were great. But by the end of it, it was like, like, who cares? I mean, I really I want think... to see, I want to see young zoo. And yeah, oh, see, he's uh, looking is his name Hooney? Is, his name is Hooney, isn't it? Honey, uh, Hooney's uh, the, the heavyweight. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see those guys, and I want to see them fight proper fights. Like, and and we I know this leads into the I'm, next question, but gee, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not even up for the Olympic tournament, so you know, it's pretty sad. 
Well, for me, it's all about the uh, promoters not chewing off their own arms. We know that the the competition um, is now. Uh, if, if if someone 20 years ago had said UFC would be beating boxing for ratings, for money and everything, um, we, we probably would have gone, huh, what's UFC? Isn't that some bad chicken? Um, but the future of boxing is really, I think you've touched on it really well. It's the clauses that they're putting into contracts. Oh, if I lose this, then I've got a rematch clause in my contract. Get rid of that kind of crap. You lose, you have to earn the right again. Like at the moment, you have a big fight, someone loses, they've got the cause where they know they've got another fight. And I think that's got to take something out of that. That Do you know what I mean? It take, it, oh, it, yeah. Box, boxing was, this is your one chance. Like, look, look at Rocky, you know, it's your one chance. Um, yep. And so I think they need to get rid of those kind of clauses. They need to pick the right fights. I think you've touched on that. The rubbish being ditched, uh, ditched or sorry, served up to us is um, diluting the lower end of the support which is what yeah. boxing has always needed so and i'm not even going to go into the stuff about about free to free to air and and cable yeah or fox whatever that's okay but when it's pay-per-view and the last pay-per-view that i was involved in was um tyson fury yep um and wilder that was a great fight the first one not the 18th one this guy who's coming um that was a great fight, but like the dude who got that, I mean, he paid like seventy bucks. We were sat around; it was worth it. It's got to be special, and I think that's my point is going to be this: is that if people can't see it, they forget about it. Absolutely, and and look at UFC. Whilst it's on pay TV at the moment, they have a massive lot of their fights um, that are not pay per view. So the absolute glory fights, you know, like if a Conor McGregor or so forth um, in his prime, that would be. Um, a pay-per-view and quite rightly so because people wanted to see it but you get to see the emerging fighters come through every, almost every weekend so UFC is doing it really well and it's in people whether you like it or not it's in people's sporting psyche so well they're also the first sport to, to get up and going in the states with uh, COVID 100% they had uh, what were they calling it quarantine island or they called it yeah. something, UFC island it was a really well done no one could ever put down the organization the organization of UFC so Matt thanks for that question um, you know we could do a whole podcast on the future of boxing but I think John and I agree that boxing needs to be smarter and, and it can become relevant again I, I think we could do a whole podcast on the history of boxing 100% fights and all that that we've loved and fighters that we've loved. I don't think we could do three minutes on the current boxing situation and naming anyone. And i got no idea what we would talk about into the future, but I can say this. Scary parallels to Rugby Union Australia. When it's, when it's off the TV, no one can see it. Um, in the year 2000, even in Victoria and Western Australia and Perth, and you went overseas, uh, you met an Aussie and they could name five, six, seven, eight members of the Wallabies team. Yep. And I'm pretty close to the game and I struggle to name three. And I oh, know that my, casu- my, my casual mates who are more AFL guys, but what's rugby if the Wallabies want the World Cup, don't know anyone since Quade Cooper left. Mate, I'd be in that camp, and I've been to Wallabies games, and I've been to tons of Reds games, but um, uh, I, I really struggle now. Like once you start rolling with the names, I'm like, oh, of course, that guy's made the comeback. He's a really pretty boy. 
you know, I, I know yeah. the guy I'm talking about. I've just gone blank. Uh, future of boxing, obviously, we know with um, head knocks, concussions, we know with traumatic brain injuries, that's going to be an issue for all contact sports. And it'll be mm. interesting to see how that is. But we're going to move on to a few more questions here, mate, because there's a number cool. here. David well, Hedgecock. So shout out to David. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate this question. Very, very topical and relevant right now. So the Tokyo Olympics, should they go ahead? There's no cheering allowed for spectators, only clapping. What will COVID do to the future Olympics going forward and Brisbane in 2032? Mate, I might take the lead on this one, if, if I may. Yeah, go for it, mate. People are crying out for quality sport, whether we are in uh, lockdown or whether, you know, uh, we get the herd immunity going. Um, the Tokyo Olympic Games are going to... They're still going to be the Olympic Games. So for us who aren't able to attend the Olympic Games, I'm still going to be watching the, the you know, the 100-metre finals of the swimming and the running. I'm still going to watch a lot of those kind of premier events. And it's like... I can't get enough sport. So I'm certainly going to be watching the Olympics, but it's not the same as it was. Will it be the same going forward? I actually think it will. I think the Olympics is one of those. It's every four years. And I think the build-up for those four years, I think there's a lot of people who don't necessarily follow sport week in, week out that love the Olympics. So I I think the Olympics are safe. I I think that that four-year gap gives it a lot of currency. And um, I'm not in fear of the Olympic Games being in trouble. Mm, That's interesting. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how they go. I mean, you know, I should be looking with great excitement towards the Olympics, but I honestly don't care. And, um, but I've got a lot of that with different sports at the moment. I'll I'll watch, I think I would normally, and look, another thing that's factoring into this is the ABC is not even covering it Mm. on the radio. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I would occasionally listen to it through the whole day in from the car or at school or, going for a drive or a walk and then settle down for the, you know, for the athletics and the swimming and, and you know, us, the football and also rugby sevens um, and whatever. I, I actually really like – I like the Olympics usually for watching stuff that I'd not normally see, but I like at the Olympics, which is stuff like the three-day event in the, in the horses or um, show jumping or um, weightlifting and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, same. The Decathlon for softball. me comes into that. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll baseball, like I, you know, and I'll yep. watch the Australian, I'll watch the Australian um, men play basketball and I, I'll try to, I'll probably watch the Opals, but if Liz, if Liz, Cambridge, if Liz Cambridge says anything, I'll just go elsewhere. So we, I'm like, you know, I feel sorry for the rest of her team. I, I'm definitely going to get a teacher. I'm going to get a T-shirt printed out for you, mate, in that regards. Um, mm. I, I I just want to uh, say that I'm really happy with, with people, you know, giving the feedback they have. Um, Mick O'Neill, Michael O'Neill, a gentleman I went to school with in year 11 and 12, uh, an extremely good footballer, president of a local football club. Uh, he has posted a number of questions for us, mate. So these oh, are right, all, really? Okay, cool. Th- these are all without notice. The first one actually follows on for the Olympics. It's a really good commentary here, I think. Olympic qualifying times for swimmers. Aussies need a time that would have made the World Championship finals. Are the Olympics only about medals? I'll let you start on that one. You know what? With some qualifications in different sports, if you allowed just look at Matt, can you imagine if you just allowed the Americans to, to qualify? Yeah. So in a sport that we're really good at, like um, 
like swimming. And if you open it up, like it has to be that way. It's the best of the best. There's a lot of sheep dip runs and stuff like that, and everyone gets to have a swim. It's all very nice. But when you get to the back end of competition, it's about the best people. And you know what? If you don't finish first or second in Australia, then you're not winning the Olympics. So who cares? So I, I suppose part that of harsh? that question. No, not at all. I don't think so. It is the Olympics. It is the Olympics. It's meant to be the pinnacle. It says, you know, mm. his final his final question on that was, are the Olympics only about medals? Yeah, yes, they are. And and even more so, you know, you think about the people who might have won five world titles. You know, they've won uh, pan packs. They've won Commonwealth Games medals. Really, those go into insignificance compared to one. I mean, you could get five world titles, two pan packs, three Commonwealth titles, right? Yeah. You don't win an Olympic gold. And this is going to, you want to talk about harsh? If you don't win the gold in the Olympics, then it's your career could be considered a failure. Well, look at people like Lisa Curry and Tracy Wickham, to name a few, who were some great Sensational. swimmers. Tracy Wickham was the greatest in the world. Um, she didn't go to the Olympics. She never won. Her window closed. And yep. that's what it is. I mean, um, Michelle Ford went. She won. Um, she got the gold medal. It, yeah, actually, it's a really interesting thing about all the sport because everyone goes, oh, I'm so pleased I played because I've got relationships from And I get that because I'm the same, right? Yeah, but that's not what drives you at the start. I mean, I don't know if anyone really joins. It gets to an elite level of sport because they want to be mates with people, right? Most of the time, it's like, I want to be the best. And that's got to be what a, a big part of what drives you. The Olympics has – no, it's not all about the medals, but it is because without them, it's a waste of time. You're going to play non-competitive earth ball. I mean, I love hearing the stories of someone going through, you know, I mean, there's all many, too, there's too many of these now, you know, the lived in the single home and came from adversity and broke his no, legs. I'm, so, so I'm, I'm over those stories. That's all I yeah, hear that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So, you know. Everyone's, have... everyone's got a done me wrong song in their past now rather than, uh, you know, because the whole narrative in sports journalism has turned to hating on the sport and hating, hating on the, on the surrounds and, and they, they use this term hate, but what hate is basically is a has become a new um, term to say, don't disagree with me, okay? Now, it, the whole narrative has changed to it's, oh, you know, this was terrible, got overcome this and that, but it, no one says, wow, guess what? You know what? The sport offered me the opportunity to change that. And I got to the I'm very gonna... top of it, and it was the greatest thing I've ever done. Crash Craddock is one of those people who does say that, isn't he? He's the old school journalist mm. who said, I am so blessed to have worked in so many sports. And that's why I think he is so loved by those in the know, isn't he? he, he I've never heard him not be positive about his um, opportunities that have opened up and everything. I, I, I love Crash. And You'd give anything more... to be Robert Craddock. I'd give, oh. anything to, I'd give anything to be an Olympian. I, I, I would No, I wouldn't because guess what? I didn't. And I didn't have to do it. It even sounds like that. But look, at the end of the day, man, I'm, I just want to read about someone who says, you know what, guess what, I'm really happy. I like stuff. And there are those. And, and they're the ones I'm seeking out, whether it's a podcast or, or uh, an interview I read. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying those people. Another one I saw an update Nicky on Facebook look, today. Look, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I saw an update on yeah, Facebook yep. from about um, a Danish women's soccer player from Afghanistan refugee um, mm. who's broken all kinds of records. And I read it and it was the most wonderful, uplifting story. Now, you want to talk about adversity 
Now, she's dead set-faced it, right? Yep. And she's come through it and she's got to the top of her tree. She's thankful for the place that she's been to. She's thankful even for her, her homeland, the sad journey there. But you know what? Like, it's such a positive, refreshing thing to hear people being positive. And I don't know how you can be good at sport if all you do is complain. I totally agree. Um, mate, next question up here. Where does AFL commentary and analysis coverage rank compared to other major sports? I, I wouldn't mind taking the lead on this, and then I'll let Go. you do the next one. This is your area, mate. Go. For, for me, it's putrid. It's lazy. Um, it's generic. And it's catchisms. Um, when you do get those really great um, sports journalists who, who have transcended you know, they normally come from the written game, then they've gone onto radio, then they get onto TV, right? But those yeah. who have been almost gifted it, so former players and so forth, there are the exceptions, don't get me wrong. There are people like Jason Dunstall who is underutilised in, in, in sports commentary. His knowledge of football is next level, right? Uh, and he, he is amazing. But we've got so many, and I'm not going to say na- names, but there's so many generic people that can't even get players' names right. Now, I know that's not always easy, but we've got Bolton from, from Richmond. Just one example, right? Bolton from Richmond. His name is spelt S-H-A-I. His name is Shay, and he gets called Shy and all these different names. And he's even said to these commentators, hey, my name's Shay, Shay Bolton. I'm just giving an example of, of either the commentators don't give a crap about that person's name or they're just inept. The, the, it's just pathetic. And then you listen to other sports around the world and, and it's so dynamic and they're so knowledgeable. AFL commentary has been allowed to become putrid. I listen to about five or six different radio, uh, if I'm in the car, I listen to about five or six different radio coverages for each game. And I will deliberately, using the AFL app, I'll deliberately go 5AA in Adelaide, SEN in Melbourne. I'll, I'll kind of skip around to see what they're doing. Mm. And there's some really good coverage out there, but we've still got the jingoistic catchisms. I, there's some great stuff happening now where they'll go, right, kicking to your left ear. If you're listening on radio, kicking to the left ear. And, and stuff like that has actually helped me visualise the game more. They'll, you know, and so there are some clever people out there, but as a whole, I think it's, it's lazy and we're, we're putting players up there who are not good enough to be commentating. I'm not so sure you're not happy and you're saying the pathway of just elevating good players is not creating good commentators? You've made it much more succinct. I I think it's lazy. I probably I was, couldn't disagree with you, and, but but I do think that some of the, you know what I think is happening is I feel that some of the older guys are getting moved on way too quick, um, mm-hmm. and they're yep. not valued. And uh, some of the guys that I love to hear talking. I, I'm not talking about play play by play. I mean, I've got my favourites, and everyone's got theirs, and that's probably yep. making me sound old as well because I really like um, Tim Lane and uh, a lot, Fantastic. right? But I, I, but like, you know, with old, yeah, with older, he's a professional commentator, but with older colour commentators, if you like to use the American term, um, I still love listening to Malcolm Blight on the radio. Absolutely I, love he, listening he, to that guy talk. And, you know, when, it, when he speaks, just knowledge falls out of his mouth. And, and the other thing is, he's not scared not, of anyone. He's not scared about, about anyone. Say. That's what I was about to say. Whether you agreed with him or not, he gave you football analysis that he had yeah. understood and believed in. Totally and he's not beholden to the AFL or anything like that. And I think that – I do think the AFL has actually set itself up as as one of the, um, you know, sports that, if you like, is one of the, you know, 
the absolute front end of waving banners and jingoism at a at a at a corporate level. Yep. Oh my god, someone had an affair in the office. We're going to sack the two guys and stuff like that. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, uh, the, the world is different to this sort of completely washed out thing that they're trying to achieve and um you know and and i think yeah i think that's hurting them in the long run mate mick mick has gone sick tonight and i and uh mick does right. his own podcast um and it and it's a fantastic one as well they do they do it via video um, yeah and i just want to shout give a shout out to them as well but he asks us and we've commentated well let's give him a plug what's it called uh i've just mucked it i've Mick, I apologise. Next show, I'll put the title of your show up. Um, but I've just gone blank on their show. But um, uh, he asks here, mate, best finish to a sporting game ever, witnessed or watched? Now, we've touched on this a few times in the past. Yeah. Um, look, I think for me it comes down to 2005, at, um, 2005 the qualifiers for 2006 World Cup. So was that um, November 205? And you know the the penalty shootout that that meant everything. I, I think in the context for people who might be a little bit younger and have maybe seen Australia really just you know basically waltz their way into World Cup qualification is that there were so many outrageously heartachy moments that led up to the Socceroos qualification, and yeah. when the entire country is on its knees and begging for something to happen, uh, you don't get many moments like that. I don't care what anyone says. There's only two genuinely national sports in Australia, or three genuinely national sports in Australia, and in the football codes, I think that rugby union is closer to it than league, and I think football's the other one, and it's cricket. And I don't really think that we ever pulled in that direction like that for the Wallabies. It was a bit of a feel like that, maybe the '91 World Cup yeah. or '92, whatever that was, um, when they, you know, when they won that against France. But that was really the game against All Blacks that was the big deal. But um, that's mine. And then number two is of the Brisbane Raw endings. Uh, the 2011 A-League Grand Final for me. 2-0 mm. down in extra time, as you know. Four minutes to go. 10,000 people have left. Um, the ball rises from the corner and, and Eric Pardew is never going to miss out. Have you ever seen a header? You know the guy. That's the only header I can think of in my lifetime where you knew the guy was never going to yeah. miss. He got I, so I, I, high up. He was so high up and there was no defence there. In fact, the only people who were defending him were two other Raw players going up for it. When he scored that, I don't know if I've ever heard a crowd as loud as that. That's just me. I don't think I ever have heard a crowd as loud as that because it, it was from absolute despair. And then the penalties were fantastic as well. You know, um, we almost save a couple of them and up against the enemy, McBreen and so forth. We, you know, uh, Theo is just fantastic. And 4-2 on penalties, to me, um, the greatest grand final I've ever seen. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to yeah, see a great. few of my teams. Right. But it's the best so, I've uh, ever yeah, seen. I also think Mark Coyne um, um, in Origin, in the corner, that was a game where Queensland found victory from the absolute jaws of defeat. And Canberra beating, um, sorry, Matt Chapman from the previous email, beating Balmain um, in that NRL grand final would be right up there as well. The North Queensland grand final where Jonathan oh, Thurston yeah, was, was absolutely good. sublime. 
I don't think there's ever been better conversions. Like his conversions could not be any wider. Um, and I, I think that's probably one of the greatest games I've ever seen as a neutral. And I don't think I was too neutral by halfway through that game. Oh, that was an awesome game, game. That is one of the greatest games I've seen of any sport. Really fantastic question there, Mick. I'm sure mm. that everyone's got their own answers. Uh, this is one for me. Um, it's a Richmond one. So please bear with me and I'm happy for you to answer it as well. Peggy O'Neill, Brendan Gale, Dimmer and Dusty, ranking order of importance to Richmond's success. <laughs> For me, it has to be Peggy O'Neill because she appointed and, and had faith in Brendan. Brendan then um, gave faith to his, uh, you know, his selectors and everything to do the things like pick Dusty at number four when other, was he three or four, when other people uh, let him go. So for me, it's Peggy, Brendan, um, Dusty then Dimmer, because I, as good a coach as he is, I, I don't know. Could someone else step up? I don't think you even need to uh, coach Dusty. Um, so I am saying Peggy, Brendan, Dusty, Dimmer. Is Dusty the best footballer that I've ever seen at Richmond? Yes, but I'm talking about we wouldn't even have him in the team and we wouldn't have Dimmer as coach if it wasn't for that hierarchy. I don't know if you've ever seen the interview. I'll post it up. There's an interview, I think, in 2013 where – We've had, a, we've had some shocking years and um, he's asked what the plan is for Richmond. And he says, well, we aim for 80,000 members, three premierships um, and no debt. Well, we've got 100 in that period of time. We've got 100,000 members. We've got the three premierships and absolutely flooded with money. So I know a lot of people talk about their plans, but have you ever heard a hierarchy actually fulfill a plan like that? Mate, I remember the. I, I do remember that um, that press conference, and I can't speak to Peggy O'Neill because I'm not a Richmond fan, and I don't know the minutiae of, you know, the back room and all that. But I do know yeah. this is that um, Brendan Gale is, you know, probably you know the best CEO in the in the AFL for quite a while. He's a great player. He's a loyal Tigers guy. I love that. He he, he walks around. I've seen him at the Gabba. He just walks around like, dude owns the place, man. And um, number two, um, I'd have to put the coach, mate. I mean, there was coaches. That was a revolving door. That was an absolute SHIT show at Richmond for ages, five-year plans. Yep. Great yep. people involved, great coaches. No one can make it work. You go through the list off my head, if I'm right, you had like uh, the two Brisbane coaches, Robert Walls and um, what's his name, John Northey. You John had, Northey. Um, yep. you, you had Spud Frawley. You had um, Terry oh, Wallace. Jewel. That's going back a while. Yeah, player, uh, Terry Wallace was the big one. He was there for ages, wasn't he? And you, he you, was, would, have thought that, you would have thought that would work. Um, when when the current coach came in, I just was like, you know, it's just like, oh, whatever. Seen it all before. Um, but he stamped a team. I, I, think, I think you start front office, coach, and then you go to the players. And, you know, if I look at, at the great Brisbane team, we had Gabby Allen, and then you have, obviously, Lee Matthews knew that team was coming. He takes the job. I don't think we would have won without Lee Matthews. I don't care what anyone says. Because everyone wanted to play for him. There was no discussions or arguments. And the players come with that. The players come to places when you've got every that stuff in place. 100%. Okay, they pick, you, you've, got to, you've got to get a bit lucky with your drafting and things like that, and people fall, and that happens all the time, and you believe in people. But as an overall uh, list management and retention. I mean, 
Richmond have been killing it, so good luck to them. That's my order. And look, I don't think this year has been the best year for us. I think we've got a lot of players coming back and we'll we'll, we'll muck up the eight. And we'll, you haven't we'll lost yet. The finals. We haven't lost it yet. But I just wanted to say, I think what you've just touched on with the hierarchy, there's a lot of players who from different clubs who are wanting, still putting their hands up to say they want to come to us at the moment. So, oh, why um, wouldn't you? Shout out to, shout out to Mickey O'Neill. Uh, and Dan Wink, uh, Dan Winkle, who do a uh, podcast called Winks and Tucky. Um, you can get it on Facebook. You can get it on Twitter and so forth. I, I do apologise. I'd forgotten the name of the show. But Winks and Tucky and very much uh, two very knowledgeable sports people. So, well, Can I just uh, ask next... for the boys, is that an homage to um, Iron Bar? You might, well, we'll put it out there. And we'll, I, I couldn't have... <laughs> we'll put it out as a question for them to answer for us, mate. Okay. Uh, now, his final question from Mickey is why is he posting so many questions? Uh, John probably can't answer this. Mick, you're a smart man. I'm not going to answer that one. And uh, Stephen says he's looking forward to the podcast and it's always a great listen. So shout out to our listeners. Really, really appreciate the feedback and the so questions. Nice it. it really is. Um, podcasting doesn't work if people don't listen. Okay, mate. It's flying along. We'll, we'll stop in a minute and we'll have a bit of a break and then we'll come back to yours. We're going to ask you a couple keep kicking cuddles, if that's okay with you. Sure. Rightio. Rugby league. AFL. Cricket. Keep, kick or cuddle. Gee, that's a hard one. Um, keeping my, that's keeping my that's impossible to do. I mean, that's like picking your kid children. Um, well, we all do. Rugby league, cricket and AFL. Okay, keep... Oh, far out. Oh, Everything's a function in time for me. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not a completely linear person where I'm like, this is the only thing that I, I, I like. I know you're the same, but we've very much got our things that we go to. Um, and for me, cricket's always been that steadying force. However, um, some of the cricket that I'm I, – I fear for cricket being swamped by 2020. And so for that reason – I'm going to kick it because I don't really see it giving me the love that I need from it anymore. Um, I, and I'm really upset because the um, the Test Championship's been rained out pretty much. Yep. I was really looking forward to that. I still still can't believe that with everything going on, they moved it. You know what they should have done? Sat in the rain at Lords for six days and just showing <laughs> Lords on the TV. Because <laughs> not a bad having, idea. It at, having it at the Aegeus Bowl, whatever it's called, in Southampton... Mate, you wouldn't. You don't want to play football at Southampton. Why would you want to play the <laughs> World Championship of cricket there when there's at least ten other grounds in England they could have picked that would have better than it? And in Glamorgan, like I don't know what they were thinking, but hey, and any Southampton and a good friend of mine, Mark Ellis, big Southampton man. But look, let's be realistic. If you're going to play the World Championship of cricket. Uh, and you're not going to be at Lords. Uh, the Oval, Trent Bridge, Edgebaston, Old Trafford, Headingley, jeez, uh, Chester Lee Street, anywhere. Um, so that's that. So, so that's why I'm kicking it. Yep. Because I still can't believe that. We finally get a World Championship of Test Cricket and they dump it at Southampton. I think what I'm disappointed about is the fact that you haven't fired up for this section, mate. So you've uh, you've still got keep and cut, keep and cuddle. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm going to keep keep AFL because, I mean, I do love AFL and it's awesome and all that, but I've, I've got to cuddle the NRL because 
I can actually just have it on in the background, whether it's on TV or radio or podcast. It's like um, it's like just reminds me of being a kid, and it's nice. Yep. Yep. Um, tactically, it doesn't roll my cages anymore like rugby or AFL does. But just, I, I love the physicality of the sport. I, I love the traditions of the game. I yep. like the I like the fact that it's just Queensland, and New South Wales, and a bit of the north of England. And for five minutes, it was France, and obviously. Papua New Guinea and the Kumuls, but I kind of like that. It's kind of kitsch and it's kind of our thing. And it's it's kind of our thing. I feel like I've got two, I've got a lot of our things and AFL is obviously our thing and and then cricket. And But yeah, I, I'm going to, that's my order. Sorry, man. Uh, not at all. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with a new section. I've got a few more things for John to go over and I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, breaking the show, just thought we'd tell you about a couple other initiatives we've got. Change Rooms for Change, which is a free service for clubs to, you know, highlight what they're doing in the community, how they're opening up the change rooms for those in need. Uh, also educational aspects there. And Three Mates Can, which is about getting other men to hold each other accountable. Most importantly, treat women as well as we can. This is The Love Sport Podcast. back to the podcast part two john's going to tell us all about a new section i have absolutely no idea what's going on here mate so fire away what are we doing okay so it's called one plus one equals whatever now you've got to put your hand up you've got to say which one you think is going to be worth more when you double it of players right so i've gone for great footballers okay so the the three footballers i've chosen are ronaldo Mm-hmm. Fred and Pele. Right. Now you've got to rank them. You've got to, now, what you've got to do is you've got to say, okay, which one of those are you taking? So the Fred that I'm talking about here will be the Fred who played at um, – <laughs> currently playing for – is he playing for Arsenal? Are you talking the about – The current uh... Fred. Not the old Fred, the current Fred, right? So we're going with him. Doesn't he play for Manchester United? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. okay. All right, so you've got to rank them and you've got to take which one of them you want. Okay. Out of those three. So you're not kicking, you're just saying one, they're going to win it. Ronaldo, Pelé, yeah. and yeah. Fred. Yeah. I, I'm still not sure why Fred's name's there. So I, I'm... I'm <laughs> I because, to... because he's crap, that's why. So why is, you know, okay. Okay, so there you go. So add them together. So which one do you want? I want Ronaldo. And because I didn't see Palais, I know the legend of Palais. I know how brilliant he was, but I didn't really get to see him. I've got to see Ronaldo at European Championships, at World Cups, playing for United Madrid. Take Ronaldo. All right, so now what you've got to do is you're going to take... There's all those players have got another yep. player with the same name as them. <laughs> right? So you've got to add, but no, they can't take the same guy, right? So the Fred that you're going to add, you say to. Yep. Um, okay. Well, there you go. I should, anyway, you can pick anyone you want and you can add the other one to your guy and see how they turn out. So um, if you've got. You took Pelé. You took Ronaldo, didn't you? Yes, I did. All yeah. right, well, that gives you a choice of 
You can add to your Ronaldo, you can add either the Fred who played at the World Cup. Yep. Or a Beatty Pelly. Yeah, him? Pelly, the, uh, is he at Arsenal? Oh, I'm not sure, mate, to be honest now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going with everybody's playing at, at, at Arsenal. I, I think you've, I think that's. Uh, he's from Ghana. Down. He's from Ghana and uh, he's. <laughs> A former professional player who served as captain of, and I'm waiting for something to come up here. I never usually use the backup here of the Ghanaian football. So he's pretty good. Club career. Oh, I played at Marseille. Yeah, he did play at, um, did not play at Arsenal. Played at Marseille. And 1860 Munich. Wow, there's a team sheet. I'm gonna I'm gonna take him for that because I, I, the reason I'm gonna take him is purely on the fact he's played for some interesting teams. So I, I'll go with I'll go with him, mate. Oh. Sorry if I've mucked up this section. No, 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 no. Okay, so now he's gone, right? So you've taken Ronaldo and Pele, right? Yep. So that means that my I have to take one of the other two. So obviously I'm going to take Pele. But that means I've got to combine him with Fred or mm. the other Ronaldo from the World oh, Cups. Oh, I think you win. Because that means I win. A... So thank you, I'll take it. Oh, you win, mate, because he, to me, there's not a lot of... You, I think you'd agree with this. Right now, I think there's a dearth of uh, strikers. And he is an absolute striker. Can you imagine Palais to Ronaldo? It'll be goal Mate, after goal after goal after goal after goal. He's a pretty good yeah. combination. But then if you want to play it a different way, you could actually say, I'm going to minus them, which means that you want to be taking your Freds. So anyway, that's, cool. that's, kind, of, that's kind of the beginning of that game. I think so, that the, the Fred it's, who it's played a- for Brazil. It's embryonic, and we'll work on it. I actually really love it. Yeah. That's that's a good one, mate. But I think based on on that, you win, because can you imagine Palais being mm. marked by three players and sliding the ball through to Ronaldo? Oh yeah. my god, man! Okay, you win. <laughs> now oh, the wow. reason I like that. All right, so I, I was trying to work it out all week because I was like, how am I going to make this work? Because basically, I wanted to use the Fred from the the Germany. Um, uh, Brazil game in the you know in the quarterfinals in um, yeah, yeah where was that Belo Horizonte I think and yeah but because I, I think he's one of the worst football players that I've seen at international level but I read a bit about him felt sorry for him and as I was going through that I got to a little known list I don't know if you've heard about it but it was Pele's FIFA all time one hundred he came out with in two thousand four. I've got no doubt I would have had a look at it at one stage. Anything football written by anyone. Um, but, I, you know, I'd have to go back and well, look at it, mate. It's, it's worth a look because it's so crap. But if uh, – I'm going to give you did a keep that, cuddle. Did he do that keep... earlier this year, I think, as well? Oh, he must have gone back and revisited it because, seriously, like if that's the best 100 players in the history of football, I'm not here. But um, he had a lot of current players. It, it looks like a like – a, it looks like a set bladder um, choice of – it's like that. How do we get as many different players and cultures and people and all that in one photo, right? But yep. um, I'm going to give you the list now. I'm not going to say what I think of this list, but you'll get this is on. They're all on this list. Go for it. And the hundred greatest players of all time. And you're going to keep cuddle or kick, kick the whole hundred. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's one of each. Are you going to do one okay. of each? Right okay. Up. So my first player is. El Hadj Doof. Oh, okay. My second player is, you know where this is going, don't you? I do. David Trezeguet. Yes. 
If he's in the 100 place players of the world, I'm not here ever. And my third player is Clarence Seedorf. Oh, God. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> I, um, I, read a, I read a footy book. Uh, I read a book about, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was something like um, Sex, Lies and Football, something like that. And it was about mm. just players who could have been really good but let those kind of things get in their way. I've probably got yeah. the title of the book wrong and I apologise. But um, so we had uh, Papa Dioff, uh, Trezeguet and uh, Seedorf. No, 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 it wasn't Papa Dioff. Papa Dioff was awesome, man. Yeah, I was it was El, El Hadj Duff. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I'm going, geez, thanks a lot, dude. I'm going to keep Trezeguet. I'm not really going to give you explanations, mate, tonight. Wow. Um, I'm going to kick out, I'm going to give Duff the, the Duff. And I'm going to cuddle Seedorf because he's, he's obviously got some, can I be sued on this? Yeah. He's obviously got he's obviously got some real mental health issues, and I don't want to belittle those at all. But this guy had a lot of talent, but didn't get along with anyone, um, and <laughs> and and like anyone, and got mm. moved. He wasn't moved because of his talent. I mean, he was he played at every talent. club in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> so he was talented, but um, he didn't obviously didn't like anyone. And thank God he wasn't on Twitter and wasn't around when he was a player because. Uh, yeah, mate. Um, that was a bloody <laughs> tough list. Thanks a lot. I, I, I'm keeping it. I'm going to keep that one succinct because it's. I'm not sure it's worth any of my explanations. If anyone was having a laugh, go and check out Pele's hundred. Oh yeah, was that early two thousands? Was it two thousand and four? Okay, well, there's obviously yeah, some great horrendous. players on there, but yeah, but you know, it's I mean, pretty, in it all was pretty bad. I don't even know if he if he did it himself. Saviola. How Saviola make the Argentinian list? Anyway, go on. Oh, I've got, I've got a uh, keep cuddle kick for you just to throw it back. And I think we've done this one yeah. before, but I just want to really make sure. Um, you're at the footy and it's really cold, right? Yeah. Pie. You can only have one. Yeah. Pie, hot chips, hot dog. Now, you can have any of the condiments on these. You can have sauce on your pie. You can have sauce yeah. and chicken salt on your hot chips. You can have mustard sauce, sauerkraut or whatever on your hot dog. You yeah. can keep one. You can kick one. You can cuddle one. This is literally like stealing kids' lunches, mate. This is too easy. At the footy, so. and I'm going with at the footy. That's all we've got to clarify. Uh, okay, Pies number go one. with at the footy. Yeah. Pies number yeah, one. Yeah. Easy. And, you know, I mean, Victoria's got their four and 20s and all that sort of stuff. I don't really care um, where it is. I just apply thanks. Um, I do hate those little plastic squeeze things. They're crap. Uh, I like the little, the little pump pump things. Yeah, same here. Yep. Um, the seconds, the hot dog. Um, I'm not a huge hot dog guy, but if that I'm getting a hot dog if they've got mustard and chili sauce available. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with you. If they don't, because you said it's cold, right? If they don't, that's going. Um, but I'll do that and I'm not going to kick hot chips because invariably by the time you get them out, they're not that hot. Everyone eats them for you. Yep. Uh, and I like to have my chips with a bit of vinegar on it. And I don't oh, really yeah. appreciate the size of the serve you get at the game. Um and by the time you lined up and you pay, you know the way they 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 find me through those stupid queues now um, oh, yeah. to pay. Um, and it, you know, for me, I love chips, but uh, I got plenty of other times I can have them. So that's my order. Arthur, look, I'm going to go with you on it, mate. Um, look, the Euros. I cannot stand the fact that the third team goes through. I, I love the old school top two teams go through, and it took for me. 
I have enjoyed the Euros, but the third team going through in each group, to me, I don't know about you, but it's kind of, I don't know. I don't like the experiment of it. Your thoughts there? Reminds me of the World Cups from when I was first watching football. Yeah. And and it can create some amazing drama and it can create some real boredom. Um, It's been interesting to watch who's benefited from it. But I do think that sometimes you've got to keep your eye on what the actual prize is. And as an England fan, at the top of the table are the play at Wembley and we'll play all comers. I can't see Croatia winning. I can't see a third-place qualifier making it. It also gave you the Denmark stuff the other day. So yeah. I don't really know. I don't well, really – I don't mind that much. Let, I'm just happy Scotland didn't go through. Fly, well, let me fly through the tables quickly, really quickly, just to give people some perspective. So Italy um, in Group A finished on top, Wales second, Switzerland third, and Turkey fourth. Um so Switzerland and Wales qualified with Italy. In Group B, Belgium topped their group. Maximum points, same as Italy. Um, Denmark in second. Uh, and Finland, big story there, qualifying. Now, oh, they made it through? Yes, mate. Yes, they did. Oh, no, ahead of Russia. That, that, now, that is a joke. Now, that's what I was about to say to you. This is why I think the third place... But is that shows good. you how bad Russia are. I mean, there's no way... Russia could have to go away and just... they, they got to reset their whole program. And we'll come, we'll come back to that, actually. I was thinking about that yesterday. Um, group C, and, and maximum points there for the Netherlands. Um, Austria in second. Ukraine have qualified in third. And North Macedonia um, didn't get any points there. Group D, England on top, two wins and a draw. Croatia and Czech uh, Republic uh, finishing second and third. And Scotland with one solitary point there didn't qualify. Group E, Sweden first. Uh, on top there. Now, they finished on top of their group in Group E on four points. Slovakia, three points. Spain, two points. Oh, here we go. I'm an idiot. Because they're still they haven't playing, played yet, they? man. Yeah, yeah. So they've still got... But I think Sweden games. are guaranteed of qualifying. Sweden Sweden are guaranteed of qualifying because, yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, but the rest of the places are up for grabs there. Group F at the moment, really interesting here. France on four points with a game to go. Germany on three, Portugal on three, and Hungary on one. So there is – that group has still got a hell of a lot to play for there. So there is still some interest um, in those teams. But Portugal look, looks like the team that's most likely to play England, yeah? At the moment. But, look, it, mate, you don't know. Anything could change, mate. There's a point between top and third there. So could become Germany. Between top and bottom. But it's been a – I've really, really enjoyed. Um, I think Italy's played brilliant football. Belgium haven't played at their best, and they've still done maximum points. I just wanted to come to your boys, mate, to England. Mm. And I am going to have a go at your supporters, if that's okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, why? Well, just join no, the, for a reason. Join the he- pile. Hear me out. Go. No, no, right. hear me out. Hear me out, and then mm. you can tell me what you tell me. You've qualified. Mm. Who gives a crap how you've qualified? No one's going to remember that you finished on seven points in this group. What they're going to remember is how far you progress in the knockout stages and then worry about the football, right? Mm. Don't get so angsty. Do I think Southgate's a good manager? No, I don't. Do I think he's um, played the strengths of your team? No. And everyone's bagged him. Everyone's jumped on. Why isn't Grealish playing 90 minutes? Why isn't this player doing that? Why is he doing this? Hey, he doesn't need to show his hand right now at all. 
if he does have some tactical stuff, why would he be showing his opposition what he wants to do? You've qualified. You're top of the group. I'm sure that you're going to play better football. Ease up, buttercups. Well done, England. You have qualified. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy think, the ride. Can I, can I say something here? Because I do of think this is can. probably the, real, the reality of what happens is, I mean, how much Spanish media are you reading? Yeah, yeah, none. You know, where's the focus for the English-speaking media? It's always going to go to England, right? Of course. I mean, Scotland's now gone. Um, there was a little bit of fun there. That's what we see in here all the time. The criticism of the German team and Jürgen Löw has been deafening in Germany in yes, that last game. Um, the Spanish are absolutely under the pump about the way they're playing. And, hey, you know what? I'm pleased about that because I hate watching them play. And I've hated it for years. But... And that's because I don't like Tikka Taka with, you know, I don't like pass, 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 pass. Um, I was a bit, you know, this morning a bit bored with, like, constant back passes. But, you know, you sit back, you think about it, you go, well, we really managed that game pretty well. I and think we never so. look like getting beat. Yep. Um, so the formations he goes with, this, that, and the other, everyone always thinks they know better. Um, you know what? It got to the semifinal last time. They got criticised because of the route they took to get there. This time they don't have that option. Um, I think England have been playing under Southgate as good as they have for any manager and there's been some good ones and some crap ones in the time I've been watching uh, in recent memory and I still don't think that they're out of it. I'd rather see us play a big team because I don't want to watch us play against some garbage like Austria with them come and park the bus and just sit in front of the at Wembley and frustrate the life out of us taking the penalties. So I, I, I welcome a game against Germany or Portugal because at least now it's going to be a game. I and that's my cannot wait. I cannot wait for this next stage of the Euros. I think, mm. I think it's really well set up now. We've we've got into our kind of flow, um, supporting it, getting up at the two o'clock and the five o'clock. It's been pretty convenient for us in a lot of ways, um, and there has been the eleven o'clock games early on. So I can't fun. wait. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, on a... I, I I really loved Italy. I've loved watching Holland play. I mean, Holland are way too open. They're going to get taken down. Um, I was concerned with the way Germany played the other night. But honestly, if you ask me, give or take the play, the teams that they've played, the way that Italy have played has been an absolute joy to behold. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of Germany in the nineteen in in the twenty in the two thousands to twenty ten. They just look so good to watch. Really happy to hear you say that because I've thoroughly enjoyed the Italy journey so far, and, and knowing yeah. our uh, tipping. Um, they'll get knocked out in the first round of the uh, knockout series. <laughs> I um, doubt it. Mate, we'll keep the pod relatively succinct here. Um, mm. I, just wanna, I just want your thoughts. Right now, three teams relatively at the crossroads. The crossroads, when people think of crossroads, they always think that, oh, it's a, it's a team in trouble. It's not necessarily. Crossroads mm. can be that the next step takes you somewhere really positive forward. You are given... Free reign as coach to be really hands-on in the draft in the next few years, to have a lot of say in what's going on, okay? So I'm just giving you that parameter. We're going to the NFL. Sorry, mate? All right. No, I'm waiting. No, no. Cut that out. Sorry. Edit that. I should not have spoken. You are the <laughs> commander-in-chief. You're like, the, um, you're like the dude. You're, you're like the um, the skipper on the Costa Concordia as it rounded <laughs> around, as it rounded there around the – around the coast, and um, he was, like, saying hello to his little lady up the top there. 
no comment at all. Actually, you're given free reign, right? So not NFL. We're actually going to go back to AFL at the moment, mate. Mm-hmm. And you are given free reign in all regards as the coach, right? You're guaranteed three years on good salaries. You're not worried about your first year results. Yep. You can, you can coach Collingwood, Carlton or Essendon. They're current teams right now. You obviously get to make changes and everything. Which of those teams would you want to coach going forward? In order? I'll take in Essendon order. first. In order. Yep. There's, there's plenty there to work with. Absolutely. Uh, I'd take Collingwood second. And I just think there's so much baggage around Carlton. And um, I, I haven't seen enough to make me go, oh, my God. I actually think you could raise Collingwood up reasonably quickly. But actually, the reason I wouldn't take Collingwood at the moment because they're – it looks to me as though they're in for about 15 years of board infighting, um, power struggles, uh, wokey type appointments um, because they've got to appease their massive sponsors and brands and stuff. So I'm going to flip that and I'm going to say I'll go Essendon 1, Carlton 2, Collingwood 3. I think that they're going to be in a world of hurt and they will be on their hands and knees thinking about the great times they had when they had Eddie there and they should never have thrown him out. It's it's funny, mate. I was just as I was um, listening to you. Then I, I I had had my order down. Essendon number one. Now they've been talked about being the sleeping giants of the competition in in the press, and I had to have a bit of a chuckle there. And I didn't get concerned about that, right? Because I believe that Essendon, Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond could all be sleeping giants. And I think Richmond's but are they the, the but they're, whether they're asleep or not, they're the giants of the comp along with. The West Coast and the Crows, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, and that's not me being smug; it's just the truth. And you know, so one of those sleeping giants did awake in 2017. We all know about that. I think Essendon is a very similar model to Richmond in terms of they could easily, with a bit of success, go to 100,000 members pretty quickly, and and have sustained success because I think their list at the moment is young. They're not hamstrung by um, salary cap issues, and obviously a player that's come to your club has helped in that regards. And it's been, I think, a good exchange for the two clubs, if you think about it. Mm. He wasn't mm-hmm. going to go anywhere at Essendon anymore, and he's really happy at Brisbane. So they're one of those rare exchanges that's worked for both. I actually think Carlton are number two, and the reason is they have been so poor for so long that if you do anything semi-decent in the next two to three years, you're going to be mm. revered. And I think you're at a hiding to nothing at Collingwood because they've had a fantastic coach, a fantastic president for, you know, the last, you know, 10, 10, 20 years or, you know, 10 years with coaching and 20 years with, with presidency. I think that if you don't have success in the first two or three years at Collingwood, you may never coach again. Unless oh, it's a, yeah, it's such a high profile. It's just such a high profile gig. I mean, uh, yeah, totally. I'm pleased I changed that because that's exactly what I was getting at. And we talked about that with regards to, Richmond, I mean, the front office, that, that it makes everything happen or not. Like, at Brisbane, they were smart enough to get Dennis Fagan. Oh, Dennis Fagan. Chris Fagan. Dennis Fagan's cross with Dennis Fagan <laughs> to make, you know, a character from from Oliver Twist and Charles Dickens. But, the um, you know, you had to be smart. That was, that was a long-term – that was a long-term appointment. We were and- garbage when, when Fagan turned up. And it, was a, and it was a hard sell to the club because that was – Pretty sure that Leopard was the previous coach, and that was a hard sell to the to, to the club and the and the, and the fans because no one knew who the guy was. Um, but yeah, and, and we said it last week, been a brilliant appointment, and he is a great football story. And he, he's someone that you'd want to play for. 
Um, now, you, just quickly on Lepper, um, he's actually doing special commentary on a few games at the moment, probably spruiking himself as a potential coach again, and, and probably the second time around, I think he'll be successful. But his commentary's been out of this world. I don't know if you've heard him on a, on a couple of games recently. Fantastic football brain, uninhibited yeah. by the contract to be at seven or, or AFL, whatever. I want those guys commentating, mate. I, I don't the, think um, Lepper, I, look Lepper, Lepper didn't have the club at a great time, um, and you know it was tough. I mean, I, I'd feel for him. Been, I'm not an advocate of bringing club legends into coach, but he's yeah, of course he has. But he's not. He's not the main guy, but he certainly helped organise your backline. Oh, well, do you know? Do you know actually what he did for a year and a bit at Richmond? You have to and tell me. I have heard. Was it goal kicking? He actually became the forwards coach. Yeah, so I thought that because well, he was always a swing guy going up front, and I had read that. And I absolutely that he was involved with that. the goal kicking. Yeah, I, I I think that's just fantastic. But also having the ability to know how defenders want to play on you, I thought was fantastic. Let's finish off the pod. Unfortunately, on a negative, um, where to? This is a two-parter. Where to for the Gold Coast? And if there is going to be a second Brisbane team, do the Gold Coast fold and the second Brisbane team come in? What, in which comp? It, sorry, oh, you could say both comps. I am going to go rugby league on this one. Oh, the Gold Coast, bit, they, they've got to keep them. They have to have the same long-term vision and that stickability that the AFL's got. The Gold Coast is a rugby league area. Oh, I'll tell you that, I'm the hand on my heart, that, you know, we, we I see the kids at school. I mean, Miami is pretty close to the centre of the heart of the Gold Coast and the, the boys love their rugby league and so do the girls. Um, there's an AFL, um, you know, heartbeat there, but it's not the number one sport of the school. I mean, we're, make, we're, we're playing rugby, but the number one sport of the school the kids follow is rugby league. Um, that's what they want to do. And, you know, the Titans, if they don't make the same finals this year, they've got a pretty decent coach at the at the helm. They've got some good players coming through. They, they've actually been around long enough that, you know, you get a visit from a guy like Preston Campbell or something like that. It means something to the school. Um, and I just think that the you know if the NRL cuts them, then they're idiots. Well, and I mean they're mass, they're, they're actual full on top shelf idiots, and we that's what I would say. We have talked about the Gold Coast, and we know the Gold Coast. <laughs> that's you know we know it, and it is generational. If you cut everything off right now, what you, you've just thrown the sport away. AFL basically did that in Canberra. AFL and rugby league in Canberra. People don't understand, like don't if they don't fully understand. Well, Canberra was an AFL city. Yes, it was, and that's what I'm trying to say. If if the NRL do um, cost cut and go right, Gold Coast is a failed experiment. They're gone. They have basically given the Gold Coast to the AFL. They can't so do it be... because I've, I've been through that here before, right? So that's one of the things we talk about with, yeah. um, you know, the, the Bears to the to the Lions and then, and then the Suns come in or you want to go through the through the Gold Coast Tweed Giants to Seagulls to the Chargers to getting the Chargers back up and then they quit, yeah. they go. Some of my favourite times in sport, this is going to sound really stupid, was watching mm-hmm. the Chargers play at Carrara. When they had Captain Charger out and the team was going good, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and it was just absolutely fantastic. And it, it kind of, it's like this is an actual rugby league area, and it's mad to say it's not. 
because people aren't going to the game, it's not them. It's everything else around it. The, the getting to the game is difficult. The getting organised um, and all that. I, mean, I actually really like going to CBUS, but I think that they have to allow another another way of actually accessing the stadium because it's too hard to get there for a lot of people. 100%. Um, well, we've just got a final question, mate. From And I'm just on the final point on CBUS, right. right, is that they're pretending as if it's a stadium that's in the centre of a big city. Yeah, because you can't park, you can't drive there and all that, do any of that stuff, right? Like you can get a train in from any part of the surrounds or whatever. You can't because we it's in the train. middle of a, it's we in a suburb. Rabina, though, right? Yeah, but only from the north. Yeah, true. But you could always gonna, park. Isn't there one park south? Isn't there one train station south? Because that's what, what I I'm saying is, if you're going to if you're going to make out like it's yeah. in the centre of Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney, you're kidding yourself because it's, it's not. It's completely not. It's completely. It's in a suburb. Not. There's nowhere near anything. Well, I'm going to no, put this final jump. question in because this will kind of um, segue to it. So Dan Winkle from uh, Winks and Tucky, the podcast, has put, if you haven't done so before, discuss Gold Coast sporting organisations, potential reasons behind their lack of success. We've spoken about it a number of times. I think one of the most ridiculous things I ever hear, and I think prior agents have got a fair bit to do with this as well. One of the most ridiculous things I hear is, Oh, the go-home factor. If I'm a 20-year-old getting paid really well and I like girls or boys, I probably want to be on the Gold Coast until I'm late 20s. And then I can go to Melbourne and settle down or Sydney or whatever. Right? Yeah, I'll go home to Port Augusta. This is ridiculous commentary. And, and, and it's perpetrated by commentators down south who actually have no idea of the lifestyle up here. You're one hour to Brizzy. You're one hour down to Byron Bay. You've got sensational nightlife. If you're a 21-year-old, stay on the Gold Coast. You're an idiot not to. But <laughs> nine-tenths of the people, nine-tenths of the people who played for the Bears stayed living on the Gold Coast, mate. Yes. So that kind of bullcrap, whether that's done by other clubs, you know, to come home to Melbourne, you know, where the heart of football play in front of a hundred thousand people. Mate, do that when you're 25, 26. Look at someone like Lynch from the Gold Coast, right? Captain the Gold Coast. Played, what, five or six years there? Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Did his dues. So he can go back. He gave five or six years. You give five or six years to any job, you've paid your dues, right? But this See, the Gold Coast three... have, let some good, have let some pretty good key position forwards walk out the door over the years. Haven't they? But then it, it comes it comes down to do you pay one player almost a million dollars? You know, I think I, the go home factor must be it. I don't know why it is, and, and if the goal, I I say it comes down to hierarchy again. If you can't I think most of the time it comes down to winning. It does, it does. It comes down to winning for the support. It, that Gold Coast Titans and Gold Coast Suns have not had successful seasons forever, right? They haven't. You have to have year after year of success to, to, to get young kids to go, Dad, take me to go see the sons. Dad, take, you know, daughter or son or whatever. Mum and dad, take me to go see this. They've had no success whatsoever. So why are kids going to be fired up to go to that when they've got so many other things they can do? I do think mm. where you live affects that. And when there's no success, you've got other things to do on a Saturday afternoon. Who wants to see 3,000 people at the goal at Metricon Stadium when, when your team gets flogged by 10 goals. 
Yeah, uh, they're terrible the weekend. I, I watched that game. I couldn't believe how poor they were because I was expecting something better. But, you know, I just think that the answer is that you just have to stick it. You want a national comp. If you want to have a national comp, yeah, got to have the Gold Coast in it because it's a legit city. And if you're going to have a national comp in Queensland, New South Wales, if you don't have the Gold Coast in it, you're kidding yourself. Well, if you think you're going, yeah. to, going, going to shovel the team at Redcliffe and say, oh, they're going to be any different, that is a joke. It's not going to happen. Okay, you're not going to like this. I've, I've got a bit of an answer for the NRL and the AFL on the Gold Coast. Do you want to hear it? What, moving both to Redcliffe? No. <laughs> what? Keep them, on the go- keep them on the gold. I've got an answer for you. Mm. You pay Craig Bellamy shitloads, part of my language. Uh, you pay Craig Bellamy overs to be at the Gold Coast for five years, not as coach, but overlook the whole structure of the organisation. And you get Alistair Clarkson and you do the same for Gold Coast Suns. Well, if you look at the way that that's happened before, North Queensland had Tim Sheens there for six, five or six years. Yep. And he was the big – he was a Kangaroos coach for people who don't yep. follow it. He, he coached Australia's, coached uh, um, premierships at Penrith and Canberra. Um, and he's one of the great coaches in the whole time in rugby league. Uh, not Penrith yep. and Canberra. Uh, uh, Canberra and Balmain. He was the Penrith Balmain, coach for all the time. Balmain, kind of mate. That's all. Yeah. Um, but um, – yeah, I don't know, because I kind of think they've got something they can work with in Holbrook. And I think the Gold Coast doesn't necessarily – this place is a place that's been filled with glitz, and that never worked with the Bears either. No. I think I think this place is ready for a little bit more of an everyman guy who can actually deliver something. Right. A bit so more get, of a working-class hero. Well, get Clarkson in, so that's to get Clarkson to oversee football. i definitely get Clarkson in. I mean, because he's, Not as coach. He's, Not as coach. He's yeah, as a director of football or something. Get him as director of football. Get Nathan Buckley to coach. Just hear me out. Hear me out. I, right. think Nathan, I think Nathan Buckley can coach. He's lived on the Gold Coast. The guy has a desire. And, and look, he can't do any worse than what's happening at the Gold Coast. Well, he's a big name. Everyone knows who he is. I definitely, I'd say, yeah, to Bucks. So, Why not? So get Craig Bellamy and then pick a good coach to come with him. I just think that the, the NRL has to do something and the AFL have to do something drastic for the Gold Coast. I'm sick of these salary cap benefits and, and but, the draft this but that's and the true, draft but, that. But you know what? Like, honestly, sometimes though too, man, it's like um, yeah, sometimes someone doesn't win the comp. Like, you know, it, the, plenty of teams – I'd put it to you in the AFL that Carlton needs more help than the Suns need because the Suns have been given everything. And Carlton's one of their absolute actual pillars of their comp. Oh, I think and their find, membership is dying, man. I think you might find Carlton's had a little bit of uh, help in the past, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, no, so no, 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 no. But I know because all those those old um, rivalries run pretty deep. But as a person who doesn't follow any of those big teams in Melbourne, the only Carlton big team has, in Melbourne, okay. they've been they, Carl- they've been down for like nearly thirty years, man. Carlton has two years of success, and everything comes good for them. Gold yeah, but like, what, but Melbourne, Melbourne were down for a long, 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 long time. But Melbourne um, aren't the big club that Carlton is. It doesn't matter what you say. Yes, they're having a great year. Yes, they've got some good support. But Carlton is nowhere near as big as. But, uh, sorry, but Melbourne's my point, my point is, that the Suns have had the pick of all the best players over and over and over again, and they haven't been able to do anything with it. So. You know, I don't know how much help they need, and because you know, Frank, I'm a I'm a Lions fan, man. We 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 did our time. You would love, in, you would in love, the you would love 
you would love to have the Gold Coast flying at the same no, time. No, I wouldn't. I'd go for the Brisbane Lions, mate. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Hear me out, mate. Hear me out. You would love to have the Gold Coast flying at the same time you're flying for those, you know, those big games that mean something. Because at the moment, no, I'd rather play Coast... Carlton. Okay, there you go. Or Richmond or any of those teams. Well, mate, that's that's a fair call. That's a fair call. Because well, I'll tell you what, split into two conferences and make us play twice every year, and then let an actual rivalry develop. Because um, I got to say that you know the rivalry with the with the Suns is. It's who cares. Well, mate, I am heading off to the Gabba tomorrow night, going with a good friend, Nathan, who's doing it pretty tough at the moment. Shout out to you, Nate Dog. Um, we are both – well, he's more of a Brisbane supporter. I cannot wait to go to a game as a neutral and thoroughly enjoy seeing two extremely good football teams um, play tomorrow night, mate. So I'm heading off to that. I'm sure you will be watching that very eagerly um, on the couch. Um, that's not having a go at you. Please don't think I'm having a go at John. He has a fantastic family life. And that's going to be a brilliant <laughs> game, mate. That is going to be a brilliant game. Uh, it's always good to see the Lions up and around. Thursday night's a good night. And um, but there's no NRL tomorrow night, is there? Oh, I don't know, mate. Uh, that, that, I can tell you now. Uh, well, there wouldn't oh, be I, because, I, of, because of State of Origin. State of Origin on Sunday. Um, well, anyway, whatever it is, I'll be, I'll, I'll be tuned into the Lions as my... First priority, so um, yeah, totally looking forward to that. I cannot wait. And, uh, mate, these are the games that I used to love when I was in Melbourne. Um, yes, I'm a Richmond man, but I used to go to two or three games on a weekend, and I always looked for that big game because I love mm. going to a, I love going to a game as a neutral. I yeah, did it a lot. Good. I did it a lot in England. I'd go to games. I'd go, you know, I'd go to championship games, Div One, Div Two, because I loved seeing football. And tomorrow night, mate, I'm I'm super pumped. I'm more pumped to see that game than I am to see Richmond Gold Coast in a couple of weeks. Well, just don't lower your colours when you're talking to my favourite, Eric Kipwood. Yeah, I won't, uh, won't add the A onto the name at all. Right. Um, and I won't talk uh, to Danaher about that <laughs> absolutely pathetic moustache. Uh, don't I'll, do any of that. Just I keep your mouth wear... shut and enjoy. Oh, no, no, I won't be keeping my mouth shut. I'll get stuck into everything. Well, you know what I mean, but in terms of like that sort oh, of... I do. I yeah, won't go down that path. Him. Yeah, I'll upset some strong supporters by calling uh, Selwood Duckwood. Um, that's not a problem at all. But it's going to be a beauty. Mate, this is one of the really enjoyable podcasts tonight. Can't wait to uh, edit it down a little bit and get it out there. And uh, any anything else, mate? Any final words? Just a quiet final thought. Last night, I was lucky enough. I was sitting there. I, well, um, you know, my wife went to bed. I'd finished. I had a huge day and I was going to lie. I was just going to sit. I was going to have a sleep in the TV room for the England game, so I could, you know, I didn't have to move when I woke up, sort of thing. You know, that sort of setup. Yeah. All sports yeah. fans know what I'm talking about, right? And I put on um, the the Optus channel. I was lucky enough to watch Chile and Uruguay at the at the um, Copper uh, America at the Copper America. I can't believe I forgot the name. Not <laughs> the limited stories, but the Copper America. And um, I was watching. I was watching um, Luis Suarez and. He was going up against Vidal, and I was thinking, wow. Yep. You know those two players? Yep. Uh, Luis Suarez is, is one of the most annoying, uh, craziest, make me pull my hair out players. He's just one of the greatest players. And if you ask me who I'd take in my team, I'd pick Luis Suarez in every single team I ever had, whether it was playing football, rugby, AFL, cricket, whatever, because 
I love that hot dog eating, man. He, hot dog eating he's competitions. Just, he's just a nutcase, man. And he, he scored one of the great goals, and it was on Vidal, and Vidal went down, and he cried so much on the deck that he had to get stretched off and subbed out of the game. I was like, you know what? Give me Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've watched a bit of the Copper America, and it's been a lot of fun. So if, you, uh, if you're still trying to get your football fix, um, it is on Optus Live, the same as the Euros, um, a few yeah. hours later than the Euros because of time zones. It's been some brilliant football. You're going to see oh, a lot of players yeah, who played awesome. in the Premier League and other um, competitions, and you're going to see some emerging stars that you'll see in the Bundesliga and Premier League and La Liga and so forth going forward. Mate, I'll go Luis Suarez in my – forget Pele's 100, top 100. I'll go, yep. I might go Suarez in my, in my top 10 players of football that I've seen because he's just such a game changer. I love it. And, and, and that's why I love doing this podcast with you, mate, because we can – um, yes, we have our biases, but we also have the ability to in, w- enjoy watching people. Uh, I put a post up the other night on Twitter, just a picture about Tony Lockett, who I love seeing. Because sport is, if it's just about your team, that's pretty bloody boring, don't you reckon? I think Lockett's um, my favourite AFL player of all time is Akamanis, the number one player I've seen. I saw him live at least three or four occasions when I was living in Sydney is Tony Lockett. Ah, uh, mate, just I, I can't speak more highly of what he did for football for a really long, long time. And I'm not talking the Sydney years; they were they were good. But mate, he was the only reason for me to go and watch St Kilda at one stage. So, mate, another great podcast. Um, say good day to the family, and this is the Love Sport Podcast. That was good, mate. Seventy odd minutes. I'll get. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I was Paul, your host, and joined by my co-host, John. Get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Join the conversation. Get me on Paul underscore football. Give me a follow. Give me a comment. Do whatever you choose to do. Block me. It's all good. And you can get John on Lambic Peach. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.